Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here with me this morning on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. I go live on Instagram every week. If you want to tune in with me on a regular basis, my name is Jess and I am a keto weight loss coach for women. I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. Thanks. If you're listening later in on the podcast, you can listen wherever podcasts uh, play for you. And it's called the Self-Care Keto Podcast. This morning, I'm going to be talking about how I fast, specifically how I do longer modified fasts. So I'm going to be bringing you guys lots of good information this morning. We're going to be talking about what is a fast and how some people define it differently. It's a little bit hotly debated sometimes in the keto community, and I'll share my personal take on it. And also, I'm going to be talking about modified fasting. So what's the difference between a true fast versus a modified fast and why I choose to do longer modified fasts because that's what works best for me and maybe it'll help you too. And I'm also going to be talking about why we should fast. So what's the whole point anyway and when to fast, um, specifically as a woman, when is the best time for you to fast or not fast. And then also I'll be sharing with you guys very specifically what I eat on a modified fast day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you're like, what? Aren't you not supposed to eat on a fasting day? So how are you eating breakfast, lunch, dinner? Stay tuned. I will share with you guys exactly what I do. So, all right, let's dig right in this morning. Um, what is a fast? So uh, typically a, a, a true fast would be defined as a period of time where you don't eat any food at all. So zero calories, um, a true water fast, as they would call it, would be when you only consume water. And some people also might consume black coffee or tea during a water fast and that that would be okay because those things are zero calories. So um, while a true fast involves consuming zero calories, you can still get a lot of the same benefits of fasting, which includes autophagy, which we'll, we'll talk about, as well as weight loss by doing a modified fast. So another way to kind of define fasting, um, which a lot of people do look at it this way, um, specifically in the keto community, is a period of time in which whatever it is that you are consuming, you are not spiking your blood sugar uh, or causing an insulin response. And so this keeps you in what would be considered a fasted state. So basically, uh, you are either in one of two states at any given time, you're in a fed state or you're in a fasted state. And when you're in a fed state, it's when you've just consumed um, food enough to generate um, a, a spike in your blood sugar or a significant enough insulin response. And then your body gets to work on digesting whatever it is that you've just eaten. And it takes your body probably about three or four hours to completely metabolize that and to get back into a fasted state. And it's literally, you could think of it like a, like a switch that goes on and off. You're either in a fed state or a fasted state. And when you're in a fasted state, that's when you can start to reap the benefits of autophagy, which we'll talk about, um, and then also uh, burning your own stored body fat for fuel, which is the real goal here with the weight loss journey, specifically um, on a ketogenic or a low-carb weight loss journey. So that's kind of the two different ways to define a fast. Either the you know the truest, purest form is not consuming any calories at all. That would be like a water, a water fast or a modified fast, which is another way of looking at fasting, is it still keeps you in a fasted state as long as you're not causing a significant enough um, blood sugar and therefore insulin response. So that's what a modified fast would be, and we'll be talking about that specifically. 
So why do I do a modified fast instead of a true water fast? Does anybody else just struggle with water fasting? I mean, it's pretty difficult to do. You feel the hunger pains. I don't like feeling cold. Um, you start to feel a lot less energy, lethargic. It's really pretty difficult to do, um, at least for the first two days or so. Um, and so a lot of people will report that after about 48 hours, all of those symptoms just kind of dissipate. Well, aside from um, the hunger dissipates, but you still feel kind of cold and you still feel kind of tired. Um, so yeah, those are just some negative effects. And with a modified fast, you can still get the same benefits as a true fast without some of those effects. And I'm a big believer in letting things be easy. Um, the minimum viable effort needed to produce the results that it is that you're looking for, right? So imagine if you could just press an easy button, wouldn't that be great? Um, and so for me, a modified fast is more of an easy button on getting the actual outcome that I'm looking for. So I'm very pragmatic. Um, ask yourself what it is that you're looking to get out of this experience. Uh, if you're just looking to do it correctly and to follow the rules, okay, if you're a big rule follower, you know, go ahead and try the water fast, you know, maybe that's for you. Um, and while I am a rule follower, I'm more of a pragmatist. So if I'm looking for the benefits out of it, which is autophagy um, and also weight loss, then if I could do that in an easier way, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, also specifically for me, and maybe you can relate with this, um, if you've had a history of disordered eating or an eating disorder in the past, sometimes fasting can really trigger a lot of those negative mindsets. And for me, that definitely happens. It starts to feel like restriction or deprivation or punishment. And some of those mindsets start to come back and I start to think like, oh wow, maybe I could do this for longer. Um, and I start to get a little bit of thoughts that I don't really feel are healthy um, when I do uh, water fasting. So for me, a modified fast really helps me keep in a better mental health state as well. Also, um, on a personal note, I have some kind, kind of religious trauma surrounding um, fasting. It, if you want to hear a little bit more about this, I won't get into it today, but I do have a previous podcast episode on the self-care keto podcast about why I no longer fast for religious reasons, but I won't get too far into that today. But that's another reason that some people might, um, you know, feel kind of triggered by that. So for me, uh, why I do modified fasting instead is because I don't want to trigger my old disordered eating mindsets. I don't want to trigger any old religious trauma. Um, I don't like feeling cold, tired, and hungry. And also I can get the same benefits out of a modified fast. So that's why I choose to modified fast instead of doing a true water fast. Okay. So why should we fast? So we talked a couple of minutes ago about basically being in one of two states. You're either in a fed state or you're in a fasted state. You're in a fed state for from the from the moment that you eat until about four hours afterwards. Let's just say, so fed states and fasted states are basically um, important because you could look at your weight loss journey as having two different levers that you could pull to try to lose weight. So the first lever is what you eat. The second lever is when you eat. You could pull one of these and lose weight. So for example, focusing on what you eat. If you eat a low carb or ketogenic lifestyle, you're restricting carbohydrates, that's great. You're keeping your blood sugar stable, you're keeping your insulin response a lot more stable, and you are allowing yourself to be in a caloric deficit or consuming fewer calories than it takes to run your body. And the thing about keto is that that feels pretty effortless. You're not doing it hungry, you're not white knuckling it. So calories do matter. 
Um, but the great thing about keto is it suppresses your appetite. You're feeling, uh, you're eating your, uh, you're fueling yourself with very nutrient dense foods. So you're feeling full, you're feeling satisfied, and you're still consuming fewer calories naturally. And you are tapping into your stored body fat for fuel to make up that deficit, but it's easy. It's awesome. Um, so that's pulling the what you eat lever but you can also pull the when you eat lever. So the longer that you are in a fasted state, your body starts to dip into your stored body fat for the fuel to run its metabolic processes. And again, this happens anywhere after about four hours, but your body starts to experience autophagy when you've hit probably at least maybe around 16 hours of being in a fasted state. So Autophagy, what the heck is that? Why does it matter? Autophagy is, um, it, it's a Latin word that means to eat oneself or the body is eating itself. It's, um, it's recycling any kind of damaged cells or damaged proteins that were no, not built properly by your body or that you've consumed. And it is basically cell regeneration. It's cell turnover. It's a body cleaning itself up process. And so you're thinking, I don't care about this. Why do I care about this? Okay, here's why you should care about this. So have you ever like watched The Biggest Loser or Extreme Weight Loss? And when people lose a whole bunch of weight, they experience loose skin. Well, people who lose weight on a ketogenic diet and specifically incorporating fasting tend to have way less loose skin on their weight loss journey. And the reason why is because of autophagy, because your body is literally, um, consuming itself and eating up all of that loose skin that you don't really need. It's pretty incredible. Um, so I'm not making this up. I'm getting it from um, Dr. Jason Fung, and he has some fantastic books. Um, he has The Fasting Code that just recently came out, so you can look into that for some more information. And I also really love his books, The Obesity Code and um, The Diabetes Code as well. So um, another great resource is dietdoctor.com. Um, a whole team of doctors um, that support, and you can look up all the studies on these things. So that is what really convinced me um, of the benefits of fasting and specifically autophagy and that cellular turnover. So um, the other reason for doing a longer fast is because of weight loss, essentially. So anytime that you're not, you know, consuming foods that are high in carbs or enough of a um, protein response that's going to generate a blood sugar spike and then an insulin response, you remain in a fasted state. And so your body, when you're in a fasted state, needs, still needs fuel to continue to run all of its processes to give you the energy that you need. So it's going to basically use your stored fat as a meal when you're in a when you're in a fasted state. And so that's pretty incredible that literally you're you're just burning pure body fat. You're not dipping into your muscle. Um it is a muscle sparing way or a way to preserve your muscle and still burn fat. So that's another amazing thing about keto and fasting is it will basically recomposition your body for you. Like we don't just want to lose weight. We want to lose fat right? Because keeping the muscle is a good thing. That's what helps our bodies to look good. We need to feel strong to be healthy in the long run. So that's another huge benefit. Okay. So doing longer fasts is not necessary. There's a lot of people that do keto without fasting. And then there are actually some, a lot of people who do fasting specifically, you know, intermittent fasting has become wildly popular. Um, a lot of people will practice intermittent fasting without doing keto. So you could lose weight either way. Um, 
so yeah, there's a lot of people that could just practice intermittent fasting. I, and I know several that do, they'll just eat maybe between like 12 PM and 6 PM every day. And they'll experience weight loss, even though they're not eating low carb while they're fasting. Um, and then another really popular version is called the five, two, um, way of fasting. So for, um, so for five days you'll eat normally. And then for two days you'll be in a fasted state and, and people lose weight in this way too. So Again, remember there's two levers to weight loss. There's what you eat and there's when you eat. And to get the biggest bang for your buck or to see the fastest, best weight loss results possible, you pull these two levers at the same time and you're golden. And the great thing about keto is that it's so easy to add fasting in because once you've been in ketosis for a couple of weeks, your appetite will naturally suppress. You'll find that you'll wake up in the morning and you don't even care about skipping breakfast. Sometimes even skipping lunch will feel really effortless for you. So that's the beauty of it is that it doesn't have to be difficult. Um, it can flow naturally and easily. And um, yeah, I, I encourage my clients when they're ready after they've you know successfully been in ketosis for a couple of weeks, you're just going to see that naturally um, start to become possible for you and open up and just go ahead and lean into it. So doing a longer fast, and for me, I would define a longer fast as anything longer than about 16 hours. So um, a lot of people will practice 16-8 intermittent fasting. And basically what that means is you're fasting for 16 hours a day and you're eating for eight hours a day. This is what I do pretty much every day. Um, I will eat within an eight hour window. I typically eat two meals within that time. And maybe after dinner, you know, I'll sneak in a dessert after that. So if you want to call that another meal, whatever you want to call it. But basically, I will get all of my calories for the day within an eight hour window. And even if you're not even if you are consuming the same amount of calories, but you've condensed the window and time in which you are eating, you will see greater weight loss. Isn't that incredible? So that's, remember, that's the when you eat lever that you're pulling right there. It does make a difference. It's so crazy, but it does make a difference. So there's actually no need to do really any kind of a longer fast than let's say about 12 hours. I think in general, most people would really benefit from getting themselves to a point where they're fasting at least 12 hours at night. But it's crazy that in our modern day, that's really not happening. You know, you might be eating until the moment you go to bed at say 11 o'clock at night, and then you wake up at seven and you immediately eat breakfast. Well, that's only eight hours. And so your body has only gone eight hours without eating, and you really haven't given your body a chance that it needs to dip into autophagy, which is remember repairing those cells, all the cellular regeneration that your body needs to do. So I think most people would really benefit from being able to get themselves to a point where they can fast for 12 hours. Going longer than that, if you are on a ketogenic diet, it's probably going to feel effortless for you to really get yourself up to that 16 hour window and eat within eight hours a day. And you're going to see the autophagy benefits. You're going to see um, weight loss benefits from that. So, but a longer fast than that is what I would call pretty much a longer fast. So, um, we're talking like 24 hour fast, 36 hour fast, up to like a 72 hour fast. Some people like to go longer than that. Um, autophagy really peaks like right around 72 hours. So if that's something that you feel like you can do, even if you're doing a modified fast, that's great. Um, now specifically, uh, being a woman on a ketogenic diet, I like to plan my fast around my menstrual cycle. 
and you'll find probably maybe if you're tracking your cycle and you're cycling regularly and when I say cycling regularly um, let me be really specific to say that um, if you're not taking hormonal birth control um, you will be experiencing all of the ebbs and flows of your natural hormonal cycle on a 28-day cycle if you are um, taking hormonal birth control you might not relate or experience to what I'm saying because it does impact uh, it does impact the changes to your hormonal cycle um, on on a regular basis even if if you are taking hormonal birth control so if you are taking hormonal birth control you might not relate to this and that's totally okay I'm not making any judgment statements about hormonal birth control all that I'm saying is that um, you might not relate to this because I'm gonna basically let you know that in the first half of your cycle you're gonna find it a lot easier to fast as opposed to in the second half of your cycle you'll find it a lot more difficult to fast um, your body needs a lot more energy in the second half of your cycle because of the hormonal changes that are happening. And so um, typically this could even like basically equate to like an extra 300 calories a day. So you can even be considerate of that in what you're eating. If you're consuming an extra two to 300 calories a day in the second half of your cycle, it's not gonna cause you to gain weight. Your body is literally burning more energy at that time. So try to tune into your body and how you feel. If you're trying to fast, and let me say specifically with keto, if you're trying to fast, um, a longer fast with keto and you're finding it super difficult, it might be because you're doing it at the wrong time of your menstrual cycle as a woman. So for me, again, I fast 16, eight most days. Um, but if I want to do a longer fast, which for me I'm saying is anything longer than 24 hours, um, I would make sure to plan that in at the beginning of my cycle. So somewhere within the first 14 days from the first day that you bleed, day one, up until ovulation, which is typically around day 14, that's when I would try to plan in a longer fast. And very specifically um, for me, um, the somewhere within the first seven days is really the most ideal time to do a longer fast. You're gonna find that it's easy, it's effortless, and you're like, what? Wait a minute. When I'm when I'm on my period, I want to eat all the things. Um, I do. I, I typically don't try to start the fast until day three. So after the the heaviest part of your flow, because um, sometimes you do just want to, you know, eat all the things or whatever. But uh, for me, the the best time to fast in the month as a woman is between days three and day seven. I'm just speaking experientially. You could try that on for size if you want to. So okay. So we've talked about what is a fast, kind of the two different ways of looking at it, a true water fast, consuming zero calories versus a modified fast where you might be consuming some calories, but you're not causing enough of a blood sugar response and therefore an insulin response to push yourself out of a fasted state. So those are the kind of two different ways of looking at it. Um, why I modified fast is because it's easier for me. I'm trying to avoid triggering old eating disorder um, mindsets and also some past religious trauma surrounding fasting. So that's why I modified fast instead of doing a true longer fast. Why we should fast. So we've talked about the fasted state versus the fed state, how in the fasted state you're tapping into greater weight loss potential as well as those autophagy benefits. And remember that's eating up loose skin guys. And then also when I fast. So for me, I will plan a longer fast around my menstrual cycle. All right, so now let's get to the good stuff. What do I actually eat on a modified fast? Okay, so I just did a reel about this the other day. If you wanna go check that out, you can see all of the products that I use and I also put all the recipes there. So jump on over to my reels on my profile and you can check it out, but I am gonna cover it. So what I eat on a modified fast, first of all, must have coffee. <laughs> I don't think I can go a day without coffee. And you know, on a true water fast, you can consume black coffee, 
I don't like that. I, I really want to keep my coffee the way that I like it. Um, so I do have coffee with heavy whipping cream in it. And typically, you know, you could have a couple of tablespoons of heavy whipping cream in your coffee. And because it's such a high fat content, it's not going to kick you out of a fasted state. Again, remember, this is kind of a hotly debated thing in the keto community. I'm letting you know my personal opinion on it after doing my own research. Um, so I'm going to have coffee with heavy whipping cream. And I also use um, a keto sweetener. I use Easy Sweets, which is a liquid sucralose. So I choose to use liquid sucralose because um, it is when it's in its granulated form, they pair it with maltodextrin, which give, just basically is a carrier agent that gives it that powdered granulation so that it has the same kind of texture as sugar. There are carbs in maltodextrin, and it has been shown on the glycemic index to actually spike your blood sugar more than table sugar. So stay away from the powdered versions of this. And then again, I know that they, this is another hotly debated thing in the keto space, sweeteners. Um, so sucralose is you know, te um, technically man-made. Um, unless you're grinding, this is my personal opinion, unless you are like having a stevia plant in your house and grinding it up yourself into a powder, it is processed. Everything is processed. So for me, I've chosen to use a small amount of liquid sucralose in my coffee because I like the way that it tastes better than any of the other keto sweeteners, and that's just what has worked for me. Um, it doesn't kick me out of ketosis. It doesn't cause a blood sugar response for me. Your experience may vary. I'm just letting you know what I do. So I have coffee with heavy whipping cream and a little bit, a couple of drops of Easy Sweets liquid sucralose. My breakfast is going to be a bulletproof tea. So I did another um, reel on this recently and it uh, shares my exact recipe of what I put in bulletproof tea. Um, but bulletproof comes from Dave Asprey. He is um, a big proponent of modified fasting in the sense that um, you can you know, basically consume pure fat and it's not going to cause enough of um, a blood sugar response or an insulin response to kick you out of a fasted state. And it also makes it a lot easier for you to go longer between meals. And um, specifically, he uses um, butter, and grass-fed butter, by the way, um, and MCT oil. So, and when you're using an MCT oil, there are lots of different kinds that you can use. C8 is the best kind. Sometimes it's called high octane fuel. Um, and basically this helps you to, um, it, it's almost like exogenous ketones, but it doesn't have any of the negative side effects of what I've experienced with exogenous ketones. So for some people, it can upset your stomach. Um, I find that this, the C12 and the C10 does that for me, but the C8 does not. And also it um, boosts your ketones more, which helps you kind of keep your appetite suppressed while also providing you with instant energy. So it's great. Um, it suppresses your appetite, makes fasting a lot easier, and it is good for you. It's good for your cells. It's good for your mitochondria. It's good for your brain. So, um, in my bulletproof tea, I will use grass-fed butter. I will use C8 um, MCT oil, which I get from Bulletproof. I like that brand. And then also I will put um, a uh, Bulletproof, it's, it's a prebiotic. It's made with acacia fiber. So it's 100% pure fiber. And so because fiber, is, it doesn't spike your blood sugar, it kind of just passes through the colon. It doesn't cause an insulin response and it can make you feel fuller. Um, so basically that's kind of like another, one of those things that you can do while fasting is you can get away with pure fat. It's not going to cause an insulin response. You can get away with hundred percent fiber. It's not going to cause an insulin response. And then I'll get to this too, but a negligible amount of protein also like ar around 10 grams or less, you can pretty much get away with. 
So um, that's what I have for breakfast. I don't like butter in my coffee. Uh, I don't know if anybody has had this effect. Some people love it, some people don't. I can do MCT and like coconut oil in my coffee because I like coconut, but for me, butter in my coffee just ruins the taste. So I make a bulletproof tea instead. And I really like to use chai tea. Um, it tastes like a chai tea latte from Starbucks, quite honestly, that recipe that I just gave you. So I do a tablespoon of grass-fed butter. I only do a teaspoon of the CAMCT oil, and then I'll do a scoop of that um, bulletproof um, fiber prebiotic. That's optional. You don't have to add that if you don't want to, but I like it and it's good for your gut um, microbiome as well. All right. So that's my breakfast. And then for lunch, I will have a, a chia pudding that I make myself. So I use silk unsweetened almond milk. You can use any kind of unsweetened, um, thing that works for you. If you like, um, if you like almond milk, cashew milk, um, you definitely want to make sure to check out those carb contents because some of these, um, you know, milks that are non-dairy can be high in carbs, like oat milk is pretty high in carbs. So definitely check the label. Um, if it's a good unsweetened non-dairy milk, it's going to be like less than one carb per serving guys. So make sure that it's unsweetened. So I do three quarters of a cup of silk unsweetened almond milk, and then I do three tablespoons of chia seeds. So that's my personal favorite ratio to do. You can find what works for you. And what are chia seeds? Again, it's basically um, fat and 100% fiber. Chia seeds are gelatinous. So when you mix them with liquid, they take on like, um, like a thickening property. And so if you just let that sit in the fridge for a couple of hours, it will turn into a pudding consistency. That's, that's why we call it chia pudding. So you can, um, when you're not fasting, really, you know, come up with some fun, creative ways to make chia pudding. Um, and if you want to check out my previous IGTV called 10 self-care keto desserts, I share some of my favorite uh, combinations there. But when I'm using this with fasting, I keep it really basic, really simple. Um, so it's just the silk unsweetened almond milk, which is like less than a carb. And then um, the three tablespoons of chia seeds, which is basically like zero net carbs because it's all fiber. And then I do like to put a little bit of Easy Sweets liquid sucralose in it to sweeten it. And then I will play around with extracts. Um, so I like banana extract in this and it tastes like banana pudding. So that's what I will do for my lunch. For dinner, I will do some chicken broth. Um, so I don't really like bone broth. I don't know. Like, I, of course, bone broth has a lot of great um, properties to it, specifically the collagen. And I've tried so many different brands. Um, I'm too lazy to make it myself <laughs> because it's a labor of love. So one thing that I do is I just buy regular, you know, regular chicken broth and I will just add some collagen um, to it. So I like to use, um, sometimes I use Vital Proteins, um, unflavored collagen peptides. I've also started using um, Vitamin Bounty is another good brand that you can use. So you wanna make sure to only, uh, the serving size typically would be two scoops for about 20 grams of protein. I only use one scoop because I'm trying to keep my protein negligible. And so for most people, if you just do about 10 grams of protein or less, it's not gonna cause enough of a glucose or insulin response to kick you out of a fasted state. And that collagen is gonna help you feel a little bit more full. Um, so that's what I do for dinner is I'll do chicken broth in a, in a mug, I'll heat that up and I'll put a scoop of um, unflavored collagen into it. You could also do bone broth if you uh, like bone broth. So that's my dinner. And then for dessert, I will do sugar-free gelatin. So um, gelatin is great for you. The store-bought sugar-free aspect, maybe not so great for you. So um, yep, it's got probably aspartame in it. So for me, 
Um, I don't try to let perfect be the enemy of good. And when I'm doing a longer fast, I just try to keep, you know, life as easy as possible. And I will buy some of those um, store-bought sugar-free gelatin cups. And I'll probably have about three um, with as my dessert. So it's zero carbs. It For me, I've tested ketosis and blood sugar. It doesn't cause any kind of um, spike for me. But again, it's not the cleanest sweetener, so you could definitely make your own gelatin by just buying unflavored gelatin. You could flavor it with some tea. Um, I really like um, passion tea from Starbucks. It's got like a nice berry flavor. So you could make it cleaner um, and do your own version of this with your keto sweetener of choice as well. So that's what I actually eat in a day on a modified fast. I'll have coffee with heavy whipping cream and a little bit of keto sweetener. I'll do, um, for my breakfast, I'll do a bulletproof tea with MCT oil, butter, tea, and acacia fiber, uh, prebiotic. And then for lunch, I'll do a chia pudding with unsweetened almond milk, chia seeds. I use banana extract and a little bit of keto sweetener. And then for dinner, I'll do chicken broth with a scoop of unflavored collagen. And for dessert, I'll do sugar-free gelatin. So, I mean, that's what I do. It's actually so easy for me to do. Um, I can do this for, I usually do it for about three days, maybe four days. Um, again, I, I try to plan this once a month on days like three through seven of my cycle. And it really just allows that extra time of being in a fasted state to really get those autophagy benefits, guys. And, and I do experience weight loss when I do it. And um, especially right after gaining those three pounds of uh, period weight right before my period, that, I mean, that just takes it right back down. And usually I'll still lose even a couple of pounds above and beyond that. So Thank you guys so much for tuning in with me. And I wanna open up some time for questions. So if anybody has a question or a comment, um, go ahead and put that in the feed right now while I wrap up by telling um, a client story that I wanna share with you guys. So um, the other day I had a client text me and she right now is on a plan where she is trying to do a longer fasting day, one day per week. So she's trying to do a 36 hour fast um, on Mondays. And so that's a really popular thing to do if you can uh, practice alternate day fasting. If you want to do um, like a full day fast on a Monday, eat normally on a Tuesday, do a full day fast on a Wednesday, eat normally on a Thursday, and then on a Friday, you're just going to eat dinner. So that would be considered a 24-hour fast or OMAD, one meal a day as they call it. That's a really great formula to try to implement if you'd like to do that. So we had her on this plan and it was a Monday morning. <clears throat> so it's supposed to be her full day fast. Well, she texts me and she's like, what do I do? I, I don't know what to do. I completely forgot that I was supposed to have breakfast with a friend this morning. And um, I I'm feeling tormented was, was her wording. And so I, um, I have unlimited text messaging built into my coaching plans because of exactly moments like this where you're like, crap, I don't know what to do. Help me, talk me off the ledge here. So I responded to her immediately and we started going back and forth. And I asked her, you know, okay, well, what do you actually want to do? Because she had a lot of fears um, about this. First of all, of like breaking the rules is, you know, a fear. You could be a rule follower, people pleaser. She was probably worried how I was going to feel about it as her coach. Um, she was also worried about how she was going to make her friend feel. You know, it can be kind of weird when you have plans to go eat somewhere with somebody and then you're not going to eat when you're with them. So she's like, should I eat or should I just get coffee? You know, what about how's the server going to feel? If I only order coffee, I'm going to look cheap and they're probably going to think they're not going to get a tip, right? So there were a lot of thoughts happening here about what are other people going to think. And so that was my first thing with her is just to basically like, okay, let's rule that out. Like, what do you actually want to do right now? 
and she did want to eat. She did want to have breakfast with her friend. She made these plans. That sounds good, you know? And so she was like, well, should I just, you know, maybe I could just order like two eggs and, and eat as little as possible. And that's like, okay, but do you want to? Like, why? Right? So she was like, well, I do want to eat. I want to get like a big ass omelet and bacon and, you know, all the keto foods that I would normally enjoy. I'm like, okay, so why not do that? Like your plan is meant to serve you not for you to serve your plan. And that's the same way that I look at it with fasting. And you will know if your plan is not serving you. It will feel very out of alignment. It will feel way too difficult to do. Your mental health is not supporting you. Your physical health is not supporting you. So fasting should be something that feels very aligned for you. It's not something that you have to force or push really, really hard on. And live your life and enjoy your life. If you are trying to fast for 16 hours a day, and you know, your four-year-old says, let's go out for breakfast on the weekend. Like do it, right? Like you're, it's meant to serve your life for you to be a healthier, happier person in your life. So remember to keep that in mind that you are not here to serve your plan. Some arbitrary rules that you set for yourself. Your plan is here to serve you. And she did choose to eat that morning with her friend, had a great time. And we just moved her fasting day. Like you can do that. Nobody else is the boss of you. <laughs> Remember to be your own permission slip. And the same thing when it comes to modified fasting, you know, there might be a lot of people who tell you like, okay, that's not really fasting or whatever it is. Like you're not following the rules. Okay. You make your own rules. You make your own plan that serves your life and do what works for you. So this is what works for me. And whether you want to try it yourself or whether you simply take away the lesson today of like, I can create something that will work for me. And that's the only thing that matters. That is the big take home message for today about fasting. So thank you guys so much. I haven't seen anybody post any questions um, in the feed. So, but if you do have any questions as you are listening to this later or watching this later, I'm here for you guys um, and advice is always free. I am a keto weight loss coach, so I do offer coaching plans with clients, but I also offer a completely free curiosity call. If you wanna learn some, learn a little bit more about coaching, um, or even if it's not feasible for you right now, but you wanna learn a little bit and you just wanna get some you know, customized keto advice to your, for, for yourself, 20 to 30 minutes, completely free. Just send me a message, we'll set it up. And I truly enjoy helping people for free. Um, you know, there are people that I have just been texting back and forth with for a couple of months, answering questions, and they reach their goal on their own without ever coaching with me. And that brings me so much joy, you guys, because I know that um, there can be so much overwhelming information nowadays about keto, which is great because it's becoming popular, but it can also just be like so overwhelming and such a big, you know, sea of information that you don't even know where to start. So my advice for you there is just to find one or two people that you feel like you connect with. If for you, that's me, I'm so honored that you're here. Thank you for being a part of my community and just tune in with that person. And especially if they're available for questions, like why not take advantage of that? So I'm letting you know I'm available for questions. I would love to answer you. Send me a direct message. I'm at the keto fit on Instagram and on Facebook. If you're listening to the podcast later and you don't have social media, you can send me an email to theketofit at gmail.com and I would love to answer any questions that you might have. And remember, it's a totally free curiosity call and we can set that up and I would just love to get to know you a little bit better. I can tell you some more about my coaching options and then also I can just try to give you some custom advice um, for your keto journey, whether you end up coaching with me or not, I wanna bless you with that experience. 
So again, guys, um, thanks for tuning in. Remember, my name is Jess and I'm your keto weight loss coach for women. And I will be back again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. and every Wednesday at 9 a.m. if you'd like to tune in again. Talk to you guys soon. Have a great rest of your day.